Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us as always, rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and on Twitter at tst underscore underscore radio. Our website has our show archive. If you missed any of our previous broadcasts or if you can only listen to a short part of tonight's show and you want to hear more, you can find the archive on the website. There's also links in that archive to the various radio and podcast players so you can listen to the show whenever you want, whenever you have time, and you can also download it. But that show is monetized, so if you'd like to get rid of those monetized advertisements, you can subscribe to the full subscription service on the website which gets you access to the ad-free show it gets you a private rss feed to plug into the radio podcast player of your choice so you can listen and download the show on your phone on the go uh, and you won't have those ads plus you'll get early access to the show access to the montage archive and access to my digital little library of all the books that i've written occult arcana the Technological Elixir, and Food Philosophy. Those books are also available for sale on the website. You can read reviews and more. When you buy a book, when you subscribe, that is the only thing that keeps us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. And I'd like to welcome all of you who listen to Ground Zero, who are now coming over to The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Monday, July 11th, 2022. I hope that you had a good weekend. I, uh, I was able to do a lot of reading and a lot of writing, and I didn't get a lot of relaxation, but I do feel uh, a weight lifted off my chest because I was able to finish completely, uh, with the exception of some editing here or there, my new book. I have a new book coming out. It's going to be a, a, a slightly smaller book in terms of size. It's a 5 by 9 or a 5 by 5 by 8 actually, uh, 30-something chapters, and about... 475 pages, sort of an unconventional look at American history and the evolution of the concepts of liberty and natural law, mixed with a bunch of really interesting pieces of history that most Americans in particular, but most people don't don't really know, and things that I had to do a lot of research on and, and read about. So I got finished with that, and I'd like to extend, a, you know, kind of a request and an offer tonight uh, a few people have asked me to proofread the book. If you're, you're interested, if you have a background in English or a few people who were professors emailed me and asked if they'd like uh, me to proofread it, just email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. And uh, if you proofread it, you know, I'll probably have a few people do that. Uh, I'll get you a, a copy of the book when the book is ready for sale. So thank you so much for offering and thank you so much again for tuning in tonight. That's my introduction and we're going to shift into the main body of the show tonight by looking at something that I'm not sure, unless you're listening to shows like this, if you've you recognized in the last two weeks, less than two weeks since the month of July started, we've not only had so-called mass shootings, we've witnessed the deaths of top OPEC officials. We saw a former Japanese prime minister assassinated. We saw the resignation of the British Prime Minister, the UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. We also saw the resignation of both the Prime Minister and President of Sri Lanka. And now we're seeing Dutch farmers rebelling against their government's regulation of nitrogen, which includes nitrogen fertilizers and also K2 
cattle, restriction on how, mu- how many cattle farmers can own. We've also seen, as I told you on Friday night, something that, I, yeah, I understand it's not a popular subject, but it's an important subject. The United States Supreme Court, in the case of West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency, ruled that the EPA did not have the authority under the Clean Air Act and does not have the authority under the Clean Air Act to force power plants to shift from coal and natural gas to other forms of quote-unquote green energy. The court said it's probably a good idea to do that, but the EPA does not have that authority under statute. So they cannot force these power plants to do this. So no matter what it is, whether we're watching prime ministers and presidents resign or be assassinated, the head of uh, part of the, part of OPEC stepped down, one of the heads of OPEC stepped down by by his death. And they don't know how the guy died, but it's very suspicious based on what he was involved in uh, with the Russians. He was trying to get Russia uh, uh, to be more involved uh, with uh, with oil distribution, which he's one of the founders of OPEC Plus, which includes Russia. So there's something strange there. And uh, we see protests in uh, in the Netherlands over these regulations for nitrogen. And, and the weird thing is, I'm not, see, I'm not a chemist, I'm not a biologist, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even do that well in, in, in high school science class. But I do understand some very basic components of, of farming. I know, for one, you need nitrogen. And I also know that in the atmosphere, you have all these different gases. Scientists are even claiming that they've discovered new gases recently in the atmosphere. Uh, Earth.com had a story about that a few weeks ago we talked about. But I understand that if you remove nitrogen oxide, or NOx, from the atmosphere, what actually happens is you get more methane. So this is part of that idea of should we tamper with the environment? Should we do that with genetic engineering? Should we do that with geoengineering? I read this to you on Friday, and I've mentioned it before, but there was an article published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences back on November 9th of 2021. This is from those scientists and supported by NASA. And it said, quote, by reducing NOx emissions, as beneficial as that was in cleaning up air pollution, the pandemic also limited the atmosphere's ability to cleanse itself of another important greenhouse gas, methane. It says methane grew by 0.3% in 2020 into 2021, a faster rate than at any other time in the last decade. With less NOx, nitrogen oxides, there was less hydroxyl radical to scrub methane away, so it stayed in the atmosphere longer. Now, tonight is not a science lesson, but I thought that was interesting, and that's the first thing I thought of was that NASA scientific report about carbon dioxide emissions slightly reducing but staying the same in the atmosphere because of the so-called pandemic and the restrictions on travel, etc. And the removal of a little bit of CO2 and therefore nitrogen oxides, which according to NASA and according to these scientists, led to a great increase in methane because NOx, well, it cleans the methane out of the air. So if you look at what's happening in the Netherlands, you find these, these Dutch farmers, tens of thousands of them, protesting against the government and their nitrogen limits. 
These nitrogen limits require farmers to curb their nitrogen emissions by up to 70%, not in 50 years, but in eight years. Tens of thousands of farmers are supposed to curb their nitrogen emissions up to 70% in the next eight years. This would require farmers to use less fertilizer and even to reduce the number of their livestock. Now, let me preface by saying this. Personally, I eat plants. I'm not a meat eater. I don't eat dairy. I try not to even eat processed foods. There's a lot of reasons for that. Dean Ornish's study back in the late 90s, early 2000s, showing a plant-based diet can reverse and actually prevent heart disease. So I go where the science takes me, but if you want to eat meat, that's fine. However, being someone who eats plants, being someone who's a plant-based diet advocate, I do not think that Bill Gates, I do not think that the world government should dictate to you, including the World Economic Forum, whether or not you should eat meat and whether or not you even have the option to decide whether you want to or not by taking away access to it, especially considering Bill Gates's favorite food is a cheeseburger. So although I advocate for a plant-based diet for health reasons, I do not think that we should completely eliminate every single aspect or element of animal agriculture from this planet and especially not right now, immediately, no questions asked. The reason I feel that way is because if you take a look at what fertilizer has done for human civilization, artificial synthetic fertilizers have allowed us to produce so much more food than we otherwise would have. And if you go back to around the 1950s, 1960s, we were being told by uh, scientists or environmentalists more so, that by the turn of the century, that would be 2000, the, the billions of people on this planet would have starved to death or would be in the process of starving to death because we just wouldn't have enough food. We would not have enough food. We were told that back in the 50s and 60s. There's a number of books, you know, The Limits of Growth and others, and those, those books and those papers and those organizations that told us that, maybe they lied or maybe they just didn't have you know, the proper data or they didn't perform the science the right way or whatever the case might be. But regardless of that, they were wrong. And we have more people today than back in the 50s. We have billions of more people today. And yet we can produce so much food that we don't even really know what to do with it. We don't really know what to do with it. Now, synthetic fertilizers became available in the the early uh, 20th century. And they started to go into full-scale usage uh, later, but they were first introduced in the early 1900s, like 1903 uh, through sometime around the First World War, they started to be introduced. So the the first one was in 1903. So if you get rid of these synthetic fertilizers, you do not have to be an agricultural major, a scientist, a chemist, a biologist, or a farmer to understand that eliminating fertilizers that are synthetic will drastically reduce our ability to produce food. Right now, we have plenty of food. All that food is not necessarily distributed where it might need to go. And that is a question of what is practicable, considering the fact that, you know, food spoils and some foods produced uh, 
since some places can't always be preserved and shipped to other places. So it's a complex situation. It's a complex issue. But one thing I didn't know before tonight's show, I had to research this and learn this just like you, is that the Netherlands is the world's largest, uh, second largest agricultural exporter after the United States. So outside of the United States, the Netherlands is the largest agricultural exporter. The largest agricultural exporter outside of the United States. Think about that for a second. Think about the fact that the Netherlands accounts for just 0.46% of the world's carbon dioxide emissions. Try to use that information to put this situation into context. The Netherlands is the second largest agricultural exporter in the world behind the United States. They contribute to 0.46% of the world's CO2 emissions. And yet their government is trying to force thousands, tens of thousands of farmers into reducing their nitrogen emissions, which requires a reduction in fertilizer use and the reduction in livestock by, by at least 70% in eight years. Now, when you consider the situation in Ukraine, Ukraine is one of the world's largest grain exporters. In 2021, Ukraine accounted for 10% of the global grain trade, the fourth largest exporter after the U.S., Argentina, and Russia. So you have Ukraine, the fourth largest exporter of grain, and now you have the Netherlands, the second largest agricultural exporter in the United States, both countries being rocked by totally different issues. One is a so-called invasion. The other one, and I say so-called invasion, for those of you who don't maybe know my, my perspective on this, uh, the Russians have gone into Ukraine and they are protecting Russian elements in eastern Ukraine, which you can go and find this in even in the news. For about seven to eight years, those Russian elements have been slaughtered and terrorized by Ukrainian military units and by literal Nazi groups. So Vladimir Putin was right when he said we were going in to extinguish those Nazi elements, plus the issue with NATO, a separate story, a separate subject. But Ukraine, with all these importation and exportation bans and restrictions, the fourth largest exporter after the U.S., Argentina, and Russia. Then we go to the Netherlands, where the government is self-imposing food restrictions. They don't call it that, though. They call it environmental policy, which is another word for reduce nitrogen usage, nitrogen emissions, by getting rid of fertilizers and getting rid of livestock. This, even if we get the livestock out of the equation for a moment, eliminating these types of fertilizers, although there are other types of fertilizers, but nitrogen fertilizers are important because, for those of you who don't know, and again, this is something that I have to learn alongside of you, for those of you who don't know, nitrogen is the most, according to farmers and, and agricultural experts, nitrogen is considered the most important nutrient. Plants absorb more nitrogen than any other element. Nitrogen is essential to making sure plants are healthy as they develop 
and that they are nutritious to eat after they are harvested. So just in theme, what we're dealing with here is the importation-exportation ban or the restriction on a country like Ukraine, which is the fourth largest exporter of grain in the world, the so-called exportation ban of Russian fertilizer. Russia is one of the the top fertilizer uh, uh, exporters in the world. And uh, we find that then we go to the Netherlands and they're restricting nitrogen usage for fertilizer and also for animal agriculture by 70% in, what is it, eight years? Russia is the number one nitrogen fertilizer exporter. Number one. They're number two for phosphorus and potassium fertilizers. Ukraine is number four for grain exportation, and the Netherlands is number two for agricultural exportation after the United States. And then in the United States, we've seen dozens of food manufacturing and processing plants that have gone up in flames, that have exploded, that have been hit by planes. As I said on Friday night, this is no longer a conspiracy. This is no longer a conspiracy theory. Not that it was for very long, because once you read what these people write and you see the public policies, you realize it's not really a conspiracy theory. In fact, you realize it's not really a conspiracy. It's public policy. When the World Economic Forum tells you that you need to eat less meat and you need to eat bugs, well, they mean it. So with the Netherlands, with the Ukraine, and with Russia suffering from self-imposed, most of them are self-imposed issues, or the United States, much of which we are suffering from self-inflicted wounds, all dealing with food. Meanwhile, we're told that food around the world, food uh, is just not available, and we need to do something about the food, yet let's go ahead and cut off the second largest agricultural exporter because we need to curb climate change. Here's a clip from one of my uh, favorite, in fact, probably the only environmentalist that I listen to based on his writings and based on the information that he presents. I've read all of his books. Uh, Bjorn Lomberg. Here's Bjorn Lomberg explaining the situation. I mean, that's absurd right now, right? We're in a world where there's not enough food, and then we're saying, no, let's produce less food. Remember, Holland produces a lot of food and export it across the world. Again, we need to recognize that, yes, we all want a better environment, but we also have to balance that with we want food, we want an income, we want an economy working. There's a lot of other things we want. We need to balance that. And making these grand promises, which is what we do with much of our climate policy now, oh, let's go net zero, let's you know get rid of all fossil fuel by 2030 or 2035. This sounds really easy. It turns out that it's going to be phenomenally costly. It's going to cost five, six trillion dollars for the world. Most of the world, of course, is not going to pay up for those. But the U.S. and Europe and others might actually end up paying those costs. And that's going to lead to a lot of uh, street protests, just like we saw in France before and in Holland now. And And this is something that is planned. It's not a conspiracy. It is public policy. This is the angrier world that Klaus Schwab promised us. An angry world of citizens rebelling against authority, believing that 
the systems of government, the systems of media, the systems of health, the systems of medicine, the systems of agriculture, that it's all failed us. And since it failed us, we need to rip it down. And we need to build back better. Joe Biden's not really president of the United States, not because of election fraud, but because he's peddling, his administration is peddling World Economic Forum talking points. Joe Biden might not be the same as Trudeau up in Canada. Those of you up in Canada, your little boy dictator who likes, uh, you know, Mao Zedong and Joseph Stalin and Xi Jinping. It's not the exact same. I mean, Trudeau is a, basically a cabinet member himself of the World Economic Forum. He's a young leader. But Joe Biden's Build Back Better policy is taken directly out of communist playbooks. It's taken directly, as the World Economic Forum itself is, uh, it's taken directly out of the, 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 uh, the playbook of tyrants and authoritarians throughout history. Tear down the old world, build it back better. Doesn't matter if it's communist, fascist, or whatever you want to call it. Build back better, but you have to destroy the old world. This is the ritualistic killing of the king. The ritualistic killing of he who sits in power, but who is nervous and afraid and worried and terrorized by the threat of decapitation, by the threat of harm. That's the story of the the sword of Democles. The sword over the head could fall at any time and kill the king, even though he is he is presented with all these lavish gifts and and and, and food and 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 uh, perfumes and wonderful things. But there's always that threat of death, and that threat of death is now being thrust on the general public. It's being thrust on the entire planet because we, the people of the United States or of any country, are the threat to this system. And that is not my opinion. That is what the Club of Rome said back in the 90s. The common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. That's a quote from the Club of Rome, environmental think tank and consultant to the United Nations. Do you see the bigger picture? That's what it's all about. The, the enemy, the real enemy, is humanity. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this when we come back from break. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidicke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Ryan Gable, your host, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio. It's been all over social media today. A grocery facility funded by Bill Gates to the tune of millions, tens of millions of dollars. I believe it's 600 million euros. This facility, this grocery store, which was all online delivering food via electric vehicles, through sustainable practices store caught fire and burned and some believe that it is a protest carried out by these farmers these dutch farmers who have been seen at least if you've paid attention to the pictures and the videos that have been circulated the website uh, that a lot of this stuff is posted on is um I believe it's called a Dutch. Let me try to find it again here because it. I had it and then it went away. DutchUprising.com. If you go to DutchUprising.com, you can see a lot of the videos. You can see a lot of the pictures. And they also have this Bill Gates funded uh, picnic facility. An article on that of how it burned to the ground. Clearly, this is not a coincidence. Clearly, this is not an accident. Clearly, this is intentional. 
clearly this facility was burned to the ground in protest by these farmers who have been told by their government in the Netherlands that you need to reduce your nitrogen usage, your nitrogen emissions by 70% over the next eight years. Now, for a bunch of college students in their air-conditioned dorm rooms or in their parents' basements who have been radicalized in extremist ideology, in Marxist philosophy, who believe that saving the environment has to be the premier issue that we are focused on and that we can solve with action. Those people don't understand the most basic components of science. Let me tell you this. I don't understand farming. Okay? I don't understand farming. I know how to grow plants, but I don't think I could be a farmer. I need to go to school for that or have someone teach me that. But I do know that plants, just like idiocracy, plants need water to grow, and they also need nitrogen. In fact, plants need nitrogen because nitrogen is considered the most important nutrient to plants. All the hippy-dippy, tree-hugging people that have, been, that have been utilized by this environmentalist fraud, they've had their goodwill and their good intentions hijacked to promote this environmentalist fraud, and I'll tell you why it's a fraud in just a moment. I doubt you, many of them who hug the trees and who love the plants, and I eat plants myself. I'm not a meat eater. I don't eat meat. I don't eat dairy. I love plant-based foods. That's, that's the way that I roll. But... A lot of people understand nitrogen is important for the plants because plants absorb more nitrogen than any other substance. And if plants don't have nitrogen, they're not going to be healthy, they're not going to develop, and they're not going to be, if they grow, if they have a tiny bit of nitrogen but not a lot, they're not going to be as nutritious. This is very standard, very basic, very simplistic science, very standard, very basic, very simplistic agriculture. Nitrogen is needed for plants to grow, for them to develop, and for them to be nutritious for us to consume or for animals to consume. If you don't have nitrogen or you don't have a lot of nitrogen, plants don't grow or they don't grow as fast and they're not as nutritious. So to restrict nitrogen usage is to restrict the Netherlands' ability to grow food. Now, maybe you don't know anything about the Netherlands. I didn't know until I did some research on this tonight that the Netherlands is the second largest agricultural exporter in the world. The second largest. The first largest is the United States of America. The second largest is the Netherlands. And they contribute to more agricultural exportation than all 27 members of the EU do combined. All 27 members of the European Union rank number five behind the United States and the Netherlands. But then there's that other country, the blue and yellow country that everybody's waving their flag. Ukraine. Ukraine is the fourth largest exporter of grain in the world. And Russia, that evil country that dared to defend their citizens in Ukraine. I'm not saying one side's right or wrong. But at least Putin didn't lie about the Nazi elements in Ukraine. Russia, Vladimir Putin's Russia, is the largest exporter of nitrogen fertilizers in the world. So with those nitrogen fertilizers cut off in Russia, 
And now in the Netherlands, the demand to cut nitrogen usage by 70% over eight years, that's not a lot of time. Eight years is 2030. That's the 2030 goal of Google, of the hive mind. That's the 2030 goal of the UN Sustainability Agenda and the World Economic Forum's agenda to reset the world. 2030. So by 2030, a 70% reduction in nitrogen usage. That and all of these other elements is a death sentence to humanity. That is a death sentence to humanity. Simply locking down society, preventing people from working, caused almost irreversible economic damage in some places. And we were told by the New York Times, we were told by the United Nations, that the coronavirus would not kill all of us, but starvation probably would. That's what the UN said. COVID-19 and our response to COVID-19 is going to kill more people than the virus itself. The New York Times reported early in the pandemic, instead of coronavirus, the hunger will kill us all. A global food crisis is looming. Does anybody else see the pattern and the parallels here? Since the beginning of July, we've witnessed the death of an OPEC official, a top OPEC official, top OPEC official, tip-top. We've seen the assassination of a former Japanese prime minister, Shinzo Abe. And now, the Sri Lankan prime minister and president have been forced to resign over economic issues. Shinzo Abe was assassinated with two shots from what amounts to a homemade shotgun during a campaign speech. The man who shot Abe Tetsuya Yamagami made these homemade guns, brought them to the former prime minister's campaign rally, and shot him virtually at point-blank range, about 30 feet away. But that's still pretty far away to, to be accurate with a, with a shotgun, let alone a shotgun that's made at home. According to various news outlets, Tetsuya Yamagami plotted to kill the former prime minister because he believed rumors about the leader's connection to a central organization that police did not identify. According to multiple news outlets, Tetsuya Yamagami had connections and sympathies with communist China. So it's now being theorized, of course not by CNN, but it's being theorized by real journalists and people that follow the money and follow the, the, the conspiracy, that the assassination of the former prime minister, who was still a titan in Japanese politics, was due to a communist China plot to cause disruption in Japan. Especially considering that Shinzo Abe was an outspoken opponent of the communist regime. But Shinzo Abe is not the only one to fill the brunt and blunt force of the global revolution. We don't know how he died, but Muhammad Barkindo, OPEC's top official, died Tuesday night last week in Nigeria, his home country. Sure, he was in his 60s. He was 63 years old. But they've found no cause of death. 
officially. They just found him dead. Muhammad Sanusi Bakindo, Secretary General of OPEC. Mr. Barkindo was scheduled to leave his position at the end of July. This was his last month in that position because OPEC decided not to give him a third term. They chose another individual, an oil official from Kuwait, as his successor. Now, this is from the New York Times. I found this interesting. I find that this might be perhaps the reason that this man died, if he were to have died of causes and circumstances that were not natural. It says, in a statement, OPEC said Mr. Barkindo had played a key role in forming the wider group that came to be called OPEC+. Plus. OPEC+, Plus, for those of you who don't know, is OPEC, Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, plus Russia. During the last five years, Moscow has essentially called a lot of the shots on oil production. OPEC members, not part of the plus, have been forced to go along with what Moscow has wanted to do. As a result of the death of this OPEC official, top OPEC official, just weeks before he was to leave his position, the New York Times reported the Saudis will probably want to send more oil to Europe to replace supplies from Russia as Europe's embargo tightens while Moscow might prefer that Europe felt the strain of the measures it is taking to punish the Kremlin for the war in Ukraine. Mr. Rakindo, before he died mysteriously, suggested that it was unfair to blame the oil industry and oil-producing countries for the current high prices. Now, we've told you before on the show because we went and read what Congress and what the President of the United States said they were going to do, and that was ban the importation of Russian oil. The only problem with that importation ban was that it did not ban agreed-upon or contracted energy, which is over, what is it, 90% of that energy. So 90, roughly, percent of that energy from Russia can still come into the United States. And yet we're still seeing large price increases, specifically for gas. Now, when you have these multinational corporations, you have Jeff Bezos and others, and they're like, oh, it's, you know, the, the White House, the president, these people don't know what they're talking about. They don't know. It's, it's not because the oil companies, it's not because, you know, it's not because of greed that we're making all this money. Well, a little bit is, a little bit. A little bit of it is because of greed. But a lot of it is faith in the system, because that's usually how market value works, faith in the system, and, of course, the policies of those running the system. So if the policies of those running the system are to cut off oil and natural gas production, if the policies of those running the country are to ban the importation of abundant supplies of oil and natural gas, and to, furthermore, implement green initiatives, not even laws, but just what is desired in the market and in the usage of energy, then certainly government has a direct role in determining what is going to happen to prices based on both poor policies or policies that are intended to create the cost increases to convince people that it's probably not a good idea to drive and use fossil fuels anymore. 
and we read an article on Friday about this where the Associated Press said, yeah, gas prices are high, but this is a good thing because this is preventing people from driving. And in the month of June, July, we've seen a 6% reduction in driving. And this is one of the largest drops since during the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, we saw a 40% reduction in people driving. And as a result of that, we have good data to suggest that if we were to implement lockdowns for other reasons, i.e. climate change, then we could reduce drastically carbon dioxide emissions. The only problem with that is, according to NASA and according to top scientists and according to the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, if you get rid of carbon dioxide quickly and rapidly in the atmosphere, what happens is other things like nitrogen oxides are unable to scrub the methane out of the atmosphere. And during the pandemic, during that time we weren't driving as much, Methane grew by 0.3%, the fastest that it's grown at any other time in the last decade because we tampered with the atmosphere directly. You could see it as some form of almost like um, lockdown-related geoengineering. And we were told that we need to do the same thing for climate, except the problem is if we reduce carbon dioxide, scientists are telling us it's going to increase methane and it's going to cause instability in the atmosphere. It's not that we shouldn't do one thing or another to save the planet or help the environment. That's neither here nor there. The issue is doing things rapidly and making drastic, rash decisions without considering the consequences. For example, without considering the consequences of printing more money, without considering the consequences of just allowing gas prices to double and triple and quadruple in some places under the excuse that this is Putin's fault and if you don't like it, you support Putin and you hate the environment. And now that that excuse is waning, we're just being told, enjoy the high gas prices. You're doing what you can to stop climate change. So basically, you're being, no pun intended, gaslit. You're being gaslit and convinced that paying higher costs is the only way that we're going to save the environment and to save the planet. My question is, does the planet really need saved? A little bit ago, I said that environmentalism today, in large part, is based on a fraud. That's not my opinion. That's what the Club of Rome said, major consultant to the United Nations. That's what a Stanford professor, lead author of many of the IPCC reports said. That's what Timothy Wirth, president of the UN Foundation, said, and so many others. Let me read you some of these quotes. This is the Club of Rome, an environmental think tank that consults the United Nations. They said, The common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself, end quote. That is a quote. The threat of global warming, the threat of global warming, using it as an excuse, as an enemy to unite us. Here is what Timothy Wirth, president of the UN Foundation, said. 
We've got to ride this global warming issue, even if the theory of global warming is wrong. We will be doing the right thing in terms of economic and environmental policy. Here is Professor Stephen Schneider, Stanford professor of climatology, lead author of many of the UN IPCC reports. We need to get some broad-based support to capture the public's imagination. So we have to offer up scary scenarios, make simplified dramatic statements, and make little mention of any doubts. This is what the overall policy is on environmentalism. Here's Christine Stewart, former Canadian Minister of the Environment. No matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. Yeah, that's a Marxist talking point. Professor Chris Fallen of the Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research said, the data doesn't matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on the climate models. Literally saying The facts don't matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data, i.e. the facts. Quote, we're basing them on the climate models, which are pre-programmed to produce whatever results Professor Chris Fallon and his lackeys desire to produce as an excuse to gaslight you into accepting immense costs of living so that you either agree to pay for it and are happy to participate in your own demise to save the environment, or you believe it's just not worth it and you give up and you give in and you no longer participate. You become suicidal to the whole thing. Dr. David Frame, climate modeler at Oxford University. Here's a guy that actually is a climate modeler. He said, quote, the models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. As Chris Fallon said, the data doesn't even matter. We just base our recommendations on climate models. This is precisely what COVID-19 was all about. The data didn't matter. Stuff on masks and viruses didn't matter. Arguments over germ theory, does the virus or does the particle cause the disease or does the environment of the individual cause the disease or the environment the individual lives in cause the disease? No, it was basing recommendations on what they assumed based on models that virtually all turned out to be fictitious and exaggerating of this actual situation that we were dealing with. Co-founder of Greenpeace, Paul Watson. Doesn't matter what is true. It only matters what people believe is true. That's why this whole thing's a fraud. That's why this whole thing is a scam. So Shinzo Abe assassinated in Japan. A few days before, Muhammad Sanusi Bakindo, Secretary General of OPEC, died mysteriously. They don't know why he died, but he was a quote, he was he he played quote a key role in forming the wider group that became OPEC plus, which involved Russia. And some people became upset because Russia in OPEC made a lot of very important decisions that other countries disagreed with because Russia's exportation is so large. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson also stepped down from the Conservative Party and from being Prime Minister. They're about to hold elections there to get another prime minister. Until then, he will remain in office unless they throw him out first. In Sri Lanka, President Gotabaya Rajapaksa and Prime Minister Ranil Wickramasinghe, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right, both agreed to resign after thousands of demonstrators stormed the president's residence to protest a crippling economic crisis in the South Asian nation. 
There's 22 million people in Sri Lanka. They have a foreign exchange shortage, limited essential imports of fuel, food, and medicine. The shortage has pushed the island into its worst financial situation in 70 years. So there's the former prime minister of Japan, assassinated. Prime minister of the UK, stepping down. Sri Lanka's prime minister and president both stepping down. A top OPEC official mysteriously dying with direct connections to bringing Russia into the discussion of OPEC that became OPEC+. And now we have people in the United States threatening to kill or attempting to kill, in one case, Supreme Court justices, wanting to eliminate congressional procedures and wanting to use the president's pen to dictate, to override the separation of powers in the three branches of government and representative government in a republic with limited democracy to undermine and to overthrow the rule of law. And Dutch farmers are pissed because in the Netherlands, their government has just demanded that nitrogen emissions be reduced 70% by the Great Reset in 2030. That includes getting rid of fertilizers. That includes getting rid of animals. Now, yes, there are other fertilizers. There's phosphorus fertilizer and others. Russia's a big exporter of those. Russia, though, is the largest exporter of nitrogen fertilizers in the world. And as I said, Ukraine is the fourth largest exporter of grain. The Netherlands is the second largest agricultural exporter. The fifth includes all 27 members of the EU to give you some idea of how important the Netherlands is for the global food supply. And when we're told all the time how there's not enough food in the world, there's not enough food in the world, there's not enough food in the world, one of the things that makes food so abundant, nitrogen fertilizers have essentially been banned in the Netherlands. One of the largest agricultural exporters in the world. What are these people thinking? What are these people doing? What is being said to these members of parliament and these politicians and these people making these decisions? Do they directly work for these global institutions and organizations? Or are they threatened or have their families threatened with harm? Or are they directly paid off? What exactly is happening when we have supposedly a food crisis, the Netherlands, the second largest exporter of agricultural products in the world, is cutting off nitrogen usage. Lockdowns have already starved 70 plus million people in the third world, more than typically starved to death. And that's post-pandemic. And now exports of Nitrogen fertilizer from Russia have been tightly restricted. Ukraine is not exporting the amount of grain they normally export because of conflict. Fourth largest exporter of grain. And the Netherlands, which exports more agricultural product than 27 members of the EU do combined, is having their ability to produce cut off. And Dutch farmers are protesting by the tens of thousands. Recently, a Bill Gates-funded online shopping grocery store that delivers products with electric cars was burned to the ground. We can imagine, we can assume in protest. The whole world feels and seems like it's going up in flames. Unrest threatens the United States, not just over abortion and not just over other Supreme Court decisions you've heard of. One that has not gotten a lot of attention is the EPA versus West Virginia, where the EPA was told you cannot force power plants to 
to change their sources of, uh, of, of electricity generation. So there's something else going on here. And, and luckily, we have a rule of law to protect us here in the States. But something here is undermining the rule of law. Something here is undermining the way that the system works. Conditioning us to think and to rethink our government, agriculture, health sectors, etc., that they failed when they've actually been sabotaged. It seems like the Jacobins are making themselves known, fomenting anger. It would be a more angry world, as Klaus Schwab said. Fomenting anger to create anarchy and to destroy the system so that it can be built back better. I'm Ryan Gable. This is Jacobin's Ladder tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm going to tell you more about that and the Jacobins and the Sword of Democles when we come back from break. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Please grab a book. Please subscribe and hang out with us. We've got a lot more coming up after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you'd like to help support the Secret Teachings and keep us on air, please subscribe to our full show archive without advertisements, early access to the show, access to the montages, access also to digital copies of my books to read and download on the website. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today and or purchase one of the books on the website. That's the only place you can get them. www.thesecretteachings.info. You can read reviews and get some information on those books, on those texts. They're massive books. I've written them. I've edited them. I've done all the, the publishing uh, 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 that needs to be done with those texts. And uh, they are compiled with vast amounts of data that will keep you reading and entertained for hours and days on end. Otherwise, we have affiliate sponsors on the website. We don't make hardly any money off these guys, but we do have affiliate sponsors just because I'd like to bring you products or bring you companies that I think uh, are good companies or good products. Pro One Water Filters, the Tuttle Twins, and Transistor FM. There are links on the slider bar to all of those at the top of the page on the website. If you'd like to contact the show tonight, rdgable at yahoo.com, The Secret Teachings on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the name of the show, and TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter. It's TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter. We also have a Patreon page for behind-the-scenes content. Since the beginning of July, this is July 11th, going into the 12th, Monday, 2022, and over the last 11 days, we've seen the death of a top OPEC official, an OPEC official who created OPEC Plus with Russia, who died at 63 years old and who died mysteriously. They don't know why he died, but he was instrumental in bringing Russia into OPEC. And there might be something shady there, especially considering that when you combine his death the top OPEC official with the assassination of former Prime Minister Abe in Japan, Shinzo Abe, the resignation of Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of the UK, Britain, and the Sri Lankan Prime Minister and Sri Lankan President. All of this has happened in the last week and a half. Now, this morning, one of the big stories on social media was that a facility sponsored by Bill Gates to the tune of hundreds of millions of euros, which brings groceries via electric vehicles and promotes sustainability practices, a group of people, or perhaps one individual, was responsible for burning that market to the ground. It's called Picnic. And it was burned to the ground. 
Likely that's because of the massive hordes of protesters, tens of thousands demonstrating against the Netherlands, demanding that nitrogen be reduced in agricultural practices. Which means, yes, you limit the amount of livestock you have, but also you limit nitrogen fertilizers. The number one exporter of nitrogen fertilizers is Russia. Russia is also one of the largest exporters of phosphorus fertilizers and others. Nitrogen is so important for plants that without it, plants would not grow as much, if at all. It's considered the most important nutrient. Plants absorb more nitrogen than any other element. It is essential to making sure plants are healthy as they develop, as they grow, and that they are nutritious to eat after they are harvested, for animals or for humans. When you cut off nitrogen exportation from Russia, and you cut off nitrogen usage in the Netherlands, which might not seem like a big deal until you realize the Netherlands is the second largest exporter of agricultural products in the world, more so than 27 EU nations combined, which ranks five, you realize that there is absolute intention to create a massive global food crisis. This is not rhetoric. This is not intended to scare you. I'm not selling survival products. I don't make any money off of that or by telling you that you know Clyde and Ground Zero, they have, they have uh, the, the storable foods. I don't make any money off of that. I'd recommend you go... Uh, whether you get their product, uh, which supports them, or you go out, like, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I don't make any money off that. I barely make enough money doing this show. I make like a little over $1,000 a month. So I'm not in this to make money. I'm in this to help you. Get a can of beans every time you go to the store. You know, Get some, some grains. Get, get a little tiny stove that you can cook on that you don't need electricity. That's probably the best way to, I mean, go to get bulk. Get bulk. Get a big bulk of oats and things like that stored in uh, you know buckets from Home Depot or Lowe's. Different things like this. If you can't afford to buy the, you know, the, the survival food, which is pretty cheap anyway. But this is intended to create massive food shortages, a massive food crisis. There is no other way to look at what is happening when you piece it all together. And it isn't hard to piece it together. It is not a conspiracy theory. It is not a conspiracy anymore. It is public policy. No more nitrogen fertilizer from the largest nitrogen fertilizer exporter, Russia. Cutting off grain supplies from Ukraine, the fourth largest grain exporter in the world. And now cutting off nitrogen usage in the second largest agricultural exporter in the world, the Netherlands. That is intended to do one thing. That is intended to create a food crisis. It is intended to create the conditions that will starve hundreds of millions, perhaps billions of people to death. This is Time Magazine back in March. The war in Ukraine is creating the greatest global food crisis since World War II, according to the United Nations. Oh, and Italy is rationing energy to, quote, support Ukraine. Sure. I think Germany told their citizens something similar recently. Don't take showers more than a few times a week because we have to save that water for Ukraine. So it's not even environmentalism anymore. It's not even using trees and plants in the planet to make you 
feel guilty for living and breathing and having children and having a family and having a job and having property and growing your own food. It's not even that. It's, it's about Ukraine. But that excuse is starting to wane. And now the Associated Press told us last week, I discussed this article on Friday, the Associated Press told us, well, you know, all that gas price hiking that you're seeing all over the country, that's actually a good thing. Because when you pay more for gas, some people can't afford it, so they're not going to drive. And that will reduce carbon emissions. And all the brain-dead college students, they clap with their signs, and they applaud Greta Thunberg, the useless little drone, who unfortunately has become a useless little drone. Probably a nice girl, but she's become a useless drone. She's become a useful idiot of Joseph Stalin's minions today in the 21st century. Because what they don't tell you is, not only is Russia the largest nitrogen fertilizer exporter, not only is the Netherlands the second largest exporter of agricultural products, larger exportation than 27, all 27 EU nations combined, and that Ukraine is the fourth largest grain exporter. Not only all that, but when you cut off nitrogen emissions quickly and rapidly, something bad happens in the environment. According to NASA, and according to a November 9th, 2021 Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences publication, when you cut off nitrogen oxide emissions, the atmosphere loses its ability to cleanse itself of methane. Methane, whether you're talking to a vegan, an environmentalist, an environmentalist vegan, a climate change maniac, or whomever, methane's one of those things that most people don't know about. They know all about carbon dioxide. Now they're being told nitrogen, nitrogen, nitrogen. But the average person doesn't know about methane. The average person doesn't even know about carbon dioxide for that matter. What happens when you have more carbon dioxide? Does anybody know? I had to learn this. I learned when plants have more carbon dioxide, plants actually retain more water. Therefore, more carbon dioxide, at least simplistically speaking, means less drought. Carbon dioxide is the oxygen of plants, meaning that if carbon dioxide is taken out of the equation, plants don't grow. And if you don't have nitrogen, plants might grow a little bit with a little nitrogen, but if you don't have a lot of nitrogen, they're not going to grow very big, they're not going to grow very fast, and they're not going to be very nutritious. So the literal life energy to make plants grow, to make them grow large, to make them grow quick, to make them grow nutritious, and the very element that gives plants their oxygen, carbon dioxide, nitrogen, and CO2, have been isolated and have been turned into pollutants, and we have waged legislative and wars of protest and ignorant demands to eliminate these things from the atmosphere in league with something that feels like a science fiction movie. This is something that an alien race would do in a sophisticated invasion of a planet. Cutting off all those necessary important elements. Now I get it. I get there are other types of fertilizers. But nitrogen fertilizer is the best to grow quick and large and, and abundant plants. And when you have carbon dioxide as well, not only do you get plants that retain more water, but you get plants that grow larger. In fact, according to NASA, the planet is greener today 
than it has been at any time in a very long time, in decades. The planet is greener today. Plants are larger today. There's actually more green happening on this planet than brown. I'm not saying that destroying the environment visibly is a good thing. I'm saying, well, actually, I'm not saying. This is what Timothy Wirth, president of the UN Foundation, said. We've got to ride this in global warming issue. Even if the theory of global warming is wrong, we will be doing the right thing in terms of economic and environmental policy. Here's Christine Stewart, former Canadian Minister of Environment. No matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. And maybe two of the most blatant quotes are from Professor Chris Folland of the Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research and David Frame, doctor and climate modeler at Oxford University. Professor Chris Fallon said the data doesn't matter. We're not blessing or basing, rather, our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on climate models. To which David Frame says the models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. They're not basing any of this stuff on data or science. They're basing it on models, which are theories, which are created by man in a computer based on the information you pump into the computer, just like all the COVID-19 predictions, hundreds of millions dead, billions dead. The only predictions that governments in the UN got right were that tens of millions of people were going to starve to death because of lockdowns. And guess what? 70 plus million people died additionally because of lockdowns. And now, not only have you cut off nitrogen fertilizers out of Russia, the largest exporter of those fertilizers, now you're cutting off the Netherlands from using nitrogen fertilizers and from using animals in their agricultural practices. You're reducing that greatly, 70% by 2030. And the Netherlands just happens to be the second largest exporter of agricultural products in the world. So the Dutch farmers are protesting, burning things down, and blocking roads. And they don't mess around there. Seen some of the videos. They're just burning the Bill Gates facilities to the ground. Picnic facility, burned to the ground. Now this isn't about... Farmers and people who have useless, worthless jobs that could be replaced by more efficient machines or more efficient means of production. Farmers are the backbone of a society based on agriculture, which our world still is. We are an agricultural society. We grow our food and we have farmers that are responsible for growing the food. If we don't have the farmers and the farmers can't, can't you know, reduce their nitrogen usage those farmers go out of farming they go out of business that land becomes available who's going to buy that land bill gates is one of the largest owners of farmland in the world the largest in the united states there's all these fact checks well technically it's the no he's the largest owner of farmland in the united states he has massive investments in genetic engineering and massive investments in creating fake meat despite the fact that his favorite food is a cheeseburger and now because of what's happening in the Netherlands, the nitrogen emission reduction, nitrogen is, like carbon dioxide, important for plants, for growth, for abundance, for nutrition. This is an attempt to strangle and to starve the world. There is no other way to look at it. There's certainly other pieces of data. There's more information. But this is a a way, this is a, 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 a method 
to starve the world. And food, food is the greatest, perhaps, source of control. Control the oil, control nations. Control the food, control the people. That is a famous, famous quote. Control the oil and control nations. Control the food and you control the people. Mr. Henry Kissinger. If you think all this stuff is just, oops, coincidental, oops, accident, that building burned down. It wasn't because of the protesters. You know they're not showing what the protesters are doing there on TV any more than Canada or the United States showed the trucker protests. You know, unrest is also threatening the United States because of uh, Supreme Court decisions. And one of those Supreme Court decisions, the, the, uh, the, the EPA ruled, uh, was, or was ruled upon, the EPA was ruled to not have the authority to do what a lot of people are demanding the EPA do, and that is force power plants to switch how they produce electricity from coal and natural gas to wind, which is so incredibly inefficient those wind generators have, you know, uh, uh, they have gasoline-powered uh, uh, starters because the, w- the wind won't move them. So that they're using gas to power those things. It's the most ridiculous waste of money. So the Supreme Court ruled the EPA doesn't have the power to do that. So people are really upset about that again, right? Everybody's got to be upset because, well, they've got to have something to care about. Unless the court rules in the way they want, then they don't care. Like when they ruled about immigration a few days ago, nobody cared because that was, you know, in par, on par, in league with what the administration wants. But no matter the issue, protests and uprisings and the assassination or the stepping down of prime ministers are filling this summer with what amount to ritualistic killings of kings, ritualistic decapitations, ritualistic things that are making even the most skeptical people think, hold on a second, is the world getting crazier or is something behind these resignations, these protests, and these assassinations? Because we've been conditioned to think that our institutions, of government, agriculture, health, and the like, have failed when they've actually been sabotaged. And they've been sabotaged so that we rebel against those systems and the reaction of the public can be used as we the people to demand a new form of government. Back in ancient Rome, there was a, there was a job. Every couple of years, people would be elected to be a censor. And a censor would go into government and they would look at records and they would determine if officials were abiding by the law and if they were morally conducting themselves and if they weren't or if something needed change the censors would determine that and then they would help to change the direction of government to make it more uh, based on what would uh, be beneficial to the people that's the idea of the censor even in the colonies in the in the 1700s uh, Pennsylvania for example Pennsylvania in their constitution had a measure for a council of censors to be, I think it was every seven years, to be formed and to look at what the the legislature and what the state government was doing to make recommendations to change things or to make sure that people were following the law. So the word censor 
that we use today, we say, well, the government's trying to censor us and they're censoring information. That comes from ancient Rome. It comes from the idea that when governments are not working for the people, censors come in and, and, and try to, they're, they're basically like uh, overseers. Uh, they're basically like um, auditors. And they determine what the best course of action is to, to fix the problem if there's a problem. When governments censor, they're basically telling the public, you don't have the authority to rule. You don't have the authority to do or to say anything or to protest or to self-defense. You have to do what we tell you to do. So they censor what you say. They censor what you do. They censor your protest. They censor your right to self-defense. They censor the public. It's, we, the people, become censored. When in, in fact, the, we, the people, are the censors. We are supposed to be the censors. We are supposed to censor the government from infringing on our God-given rights. And when people use this stupid illogical argument that, well, well, government gave us these rights, they can take them away, they're not rights, and they're just... No, governments are instituted among man to serve man. Not like uh, the Twilight Zone, but to serve man. So the social contract is we give up certain alienable rights so that an institution with power can protect all of us and protect all of our inalienable rights. Those rights that we do not give up, like self-defense, free speech, protest, etc. Sure, we give up certain rights like I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it, and there aren't any consequences. Even though that's not true, there are always consequences to your actions, but a government is instituted to protect all people. What about gay people? Oh, that's all people. Are they people? Are gay people people? Then it, it protects people. What about black people? Well, are black people people? Yes. Well, then it protects all, all people. All people. I don't want to get off topic here, but if you go back to the Civil War in America, the Confederacy, after the first seven states seceded, the Confederacy got together in Montgomery, Alabama, and they created a Confederate Constitution. And that Confederate Constitution explicitly said, we the people and the people that own property, i.e. slave owners, will have that property, will have slavery, or they called it, quote, Negro slavery, will be protected under the Confederate Constitution. They were angry. They were upset. They did not want the institution of slavery to be in any way altered. So contrary to popular belief that the Federal Constitution protected slavery, the Confederate Constitution actually did protect slavery. This is kind of the idea of my new book as well, the, uh, the book I just wrote called Liberty Shrugged, that I'm in the process of editing and looking for some proofreaders and people to do uh, cover art for it. If anybody's interested in doing the, the artwork, please email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. But I tell you that so we can fast forward to what's happening today. And what's happening today is our faith in government agriculture, health, and the like, is being undermined. So it seems as if the system is failing when it's actually being sabotaged. I called the show tonight Jacobin's Ladder. For those of you who don't know, the Jacobins, or the Jacobin Club, was a radical nucleus of the French Revolutionary Movement. And the Jacobin Club was actually founded by very prominent Freemasons. Now, Jacobins in American history were secessionists. 
They were disruptors of the social, religious, and political orders. Jacobins were operating in the United States in the early 18th century and even before. In fact, George Washington and other founders and other political representatives were worried about this illuminated Jacobin Freemasonry. That doesn't mean Freemasons are bad. It means there's a certain sect of Freemasonry, the illuminated ones, that have been hijacked going back to 1776 with Bavaria, uh, Bavaria's Illuminati, founded by Adam Weishaupt, which intended to infiltrate governments, undermine people's uh, belief and faith in the systems of government, and then to reshape and redo the whole thing in an alchemical process. In the States, they were called Democratic Clubs, and they were direct replicas of these various orders in France. Now, John Quincy Adams noted that the Democratic clubs were affiliated with the Paris Jacobins, and George Washington also directly voiced his concern over these secret societies and these Jacobins. These illuminated, illuminized, free, illuminized Freemasons um, basically took what was happening in France and applied it to what was happening in the colonies or in the states, in the Americas. And they take their principles from the patriarch of the Jacobins, which was Adam Weishaupt. Now, this all goes back to the 1600s in England. I'll tell you about that when we come back from break here in just a moment. But the whole idea of the Jacobins is a group of people that are, well, they're revolutionaries, right? And uh, I hope I don't pronounce this name wrong. I really tried before this show. It's very long. It's Honoré Gabriel Raquette, Comte de Marabou. And he was a leading revolutionary, and he was right, right on par with Adam Weishaupt, founder of the Bavarian Illuminati. And in personal papers, he called to overthrow all order, all law, and to leave, this is a quote, leave the people in anarchy. He said the public must be promised power to the people and lower taxes, but never given any real power. That religion had to be destroyed, that every aspect of society had to be destroyed, on the road to this positive utopian end. The ends justify the means. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm going to tell you about how individuals like this are functioning today as we climb Jacobin's ladder right here on the broadcast. A lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, 
and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS app store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. The music tonight is White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio. They're nice enough to let us use their music. We've used that for uh, about a year and a half now here on The Secret Teachings, all of our bumpers in and out. That's White Bat Audio on YouTube. This is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you're just joining us, thank you so much for tuning in. Our archive on the website has all the shows. If you missed an episode or if you'd like to hear the rest of tonight's broadcast, or if you want to go back in the archive and listen to some of our older shows, you can also subscribe to that archive, thesecretteachings.info, to get access to all the shows, montages, my digital books, and more. When you buy a book, when you subscribe, you get access to that content. Plus, you support the show and keep us on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. Tonight, we are climbing Jacobin's Ladder. The Jacobin Club was a radical, central component of the French Revolutionary Movement. And it was founded by Freemasons. But those Freemasons are different than the Freemasons that you might see in your community. 
These are illuminated Freemasons. These are Freemasons who believe in anarchy and chaos. These are atheistic Freemasons. See, the difference is, in real Freemasonry, you have to believe in a higher authority. You have to believe in some higher power. You can call it God. You can call it Muhammad. You can call it whatever you want, but you have to believe in some spiritual source to be a true Freemason. Illuminated Freemasons are the line of Jacob. Illuminated Freemasons are the line of Adam Weishaupt. They are the line of illuminated individuals from 1776. Ironically, that was the year the Bavarian Illuminati was formed in Germany by Adam Weishaupt. They are of a line who believe in chaos and destruction. These Illuminized Freemasons or Jacobins were in the United States during the American Revolution, even prior to the American Revolution and after the American Revolution. They were also in the United States in the 1800s. John Quincy Adams, George Washington, and many others understood this. In fact, George Washington called them the Illuminati in papers in the National Archives. You can find them. George Washington actually said that there was an Illuminati group that had infiltrated parts of the United States and were seeking to overthrow the government. Now, he said that he didn't think that this was, uh, this was fully recognized, but that it's, it's, it's very possible that this could happen. Here's a quote from George Washington right before he died. It was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the Illuminati and, uh, and principles of Jacobism or Jacobinism had not spread to the United States. On the contrary, no one is more truly satisfied of this fact than I am. The idea that I meant to convey was that I did not believe that the lodges of the Freemasons in this country had, as societies, endeavored to propagate the diabolical tenets of the first or pernicious principles of the latter. The individuals of them may have done it, or that the founder or instrument employed to found the democratic societies in the United States may have had these objectives and actually had a separation of the people from their government in view is too evident to be questioned. So in other words, George Washington is saying, it was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the Illuminati and the principles of Jacobinism had not spread to the United States. They have. But he's trying to separate the differences between those illuminated Jacobins and the true Freemasons, of which many of the founders of this country were true Freemasons. And the two get mixed up and confused. In the same way that we mix up the federal U.S. Constitution with the Confederate Constitution. A lot of people don't realize they do it, but they do do it. They do it because they don't realize the Confederate Constitution preserved Negro slavery. In quote, Negro slavery would be preserved by the Confederate Congress, by Jefferson Davis, who, whoever else was president, and by the state legislatures in those seven original seceded states that formed the Confederacy. The Federal Constitution did not. Yeah, perhaps it protected slavery, 
kind of, if you want to lead that much into the meaning of those words, but it allowed for the elimination of slavery for the, from the usage of words that allowed for there to be compromise so that there could be a revolution to defeat the British, there could be a forming of a union, which would eventually, through the Northwest Compromise of 1787, create a slave-free territory and new territorial states that would then fight to end slavery. I, I mean, not all of this was planned, and we shouldn't romanticize the founders of the United States in, in the same way that we despise the founders of the United States, but we need to understand there were various elements, and that's what George Washington is saying about the Jacobins, that there was a group of Jacobins who are illuminated Freemasons, but then there are also other Freemasons, of which George Washington was a member. George Washington was not an illuminated Freemason. He was a Freemason. Illuminated Freemasons are from the line of Adam Weishaupt. They are from the line of those who believe in disorderly conduct, chaos, anarchy, atheism. George Washington, like most other Freemasons, was a believer in a higher authority, a higher power. A lot of our founders in this country were... Really, uh, you know, they didn't have a, a, a Christian belief system. They just believed in a higher authority, a higher power. And contrary to popular belief, Masons are not evil. Masons are more agnostic. Illuminated Masons are a little bit different, though. They are a direct descendant of Illuminati clubs or Democratic clubs which is by the definition of the word Democrat or democracy coming from demos means mob rule. In other words, Freemasons, generally speaking, are agnostics and they believe in order and they believe in friendship and brotherhood. Illuminated Freemasons are atheists. They believe in chaos and they believe in demos or democracy. They believe in mob rule. In 1688, the English pro-Catholic Stuart King, James II, was disposed by his Dutch son-in-law, the Protestant William of Orange. Now, James, whose real name was Jacobus, hence the name Jacobites, fled to France. And when he was in France, he continued to um, be supported by uh, groups in Scotland and Wales who sought to restore him to the English throne. And this led to, again, James, or whose real name was Jacobus, inflammatory, infiltrating groups that attempted to overthrow one order to replace it with another order, whether that's an order of order or an order of chaos. And we get the name Jacobus, Jacobin, Jacobites, or the Democratic, as they were called, clubs, the Jacobin clubs, which later would trace their more, at the time, more modern, more contemporary reactions and views to the 1776. So what is that? Uh, about 100 years in change after the, um, after the, the, the uh, pro-Catholic Stuart King, James II, was disposed by, uh, by uh, William of Orange. And that was the 1776 Bavarian Illuminati. Now, this other guy named... I'm going to try to pronounce it again for you. Honore Gabriel Requite, Comte de Meribou, 
a revolutionary who believed, like Adam Weishaupt, in the infiltration of Freemasonry and secret societies to influence and undermine governmental control and governmental order. In his own papers, he called for overthrowing law, overthrowing order, and leaving the people in a state of anarchy. That's a quote, leave the people in anarchy. He said the public must be promised power to the people and lower taxes, but never given the real power. Never given the real power. For the, quote, people as legislators are very dangerous as they only establish laws which coincide with their passions. He said the clergy, uh, clergy, the church, should be destroyed by ridiculing religion. He proclaimed, quote, what matters, well, what matter the means as long as, is a question, what matter the means as long as one arrives at the end? That's the same ideology preached by Adam Weishaupt, Lenin, Hitler, Mao. When you have chaos and you have disorder and you have these, these various disorganizing elements where you can now look in the news and see that attempts to cut off fertilizer, grain, and agricultural exports, the fourth largest exporter in Ukraine, the second largest agricultural exporter in the Netherlands, cutting nitrogen fertilizers out of Russia, the largest exporter of, of nitrogen fertilizers. This is intended to create massive shortages of food. This is intended to starve hundreds of millions, not 70 plus million that died because of lockdowns, almost 100 million additional than normally would die because of starvation. Not to mention malnutrition, people that don't die but are still alive but are malnourished. This is meant to create the Holodomor, a global Holodomor. The Holodomor was an event organized by the Soviet communists that took place over months and months and months in which the people of Ukraine were starved to death to the tune of millions because the Soviet Union came into Ukraine and they took animals and they took grain and they shipped it to Moscow, to the capitals of the various districts, to the capital of the Soviet Union. Right now, in the Netherlands, cattle are being taken away. The ability to produce food is being taken away. As Henry Kissinger said, control the oil and you control the country, control the food and you control the people. Soviet Union took cattle and grain from the people of Ukraine and starved them to death. It's estimated about 9 million or so starved to death by Soviet communism. Now they called it a famine or the terror famine, the great famine, a man-made famine in Soviet Ukraine from 1932 to 1933 that killed millions of Ukrainians. It's long, long, long before Adolf Hitler killed a handful of people. And I say a handful of people because as bad as Hitler was, A lot of people don't realize there's a big difference between communism 
and national socialism. The difference is, as a lot of, I have at least three listeners who have messaged me about this, they have relatives who fled communism. And although they didn't agree with Nazism, they joined the Nazi party, or they at least came to Nazi territory, to the Reich, because in national socialism, the people had jobs, food, and pride. Communism had none of that. I don't want to live under a nationally a national socialist regime, nor do I want to live under a communist regime. If I had to pick between the two, I'd definitely pick Nazism, but only because at least I have food to eat, if we're breaking this down to the most basic necessity. So we have to understand that long before Hitler killed anybody, in 1932, Stalin was starving. You can read books and statistics. I've heard between three to nine million people. They have no idea. Because as Joseph Stalin said, one person dead compared to uh, a lot of people, one person dead is uh, a tragedy. Millions of people dead, thousands of people dead. Well, that's just, that's a statistic. Joseph Stalin, a single death is a tragedy. Millions of deaths are a statistic. Death is a solution to all problems. A starved millions of people in Ukraine by taking their cattle and by taking their grain. They did this to, one, feed Soviet party members, Soviet troops, and two, to make Ukraine subservient to the Soviet rule. Number three, because like in communist China, when the government tries to put price controls on things and tries to tell you who needs to farm and who needs to be a metallurgist and who needs to do this or who needs to do that, who needs to be a teacher, you take farmers, make them teachers, teachers put them, make them, make them farmers, and they don't know how to do their job. So production declines and eventually collapses. And in communist China, you get, and this is a number that you would think would be put at least you know, in, in, in small print next to the, the terror that we hear about from Adolf Hitler in a history book, Mao Zedong killed 45 million people. That's, 40, that's, not a, that's not a typo. That's not an error. That's not a misstatement. 45 million people starved to death in China. So many people, we kind of think, mm, that just seems like too many people to comprehend. I'm going to stick with the 6 million thing in, 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 in Germany. 45 million people killed from famine and starvation. There's even a name for it. Mao's famine. (laughs) Mao's great famine. A system of exploitation so horrific that the end game is that as Joseph Stalin said, death is the solution to all problems. 45 million people. You want to get into the real details of the history, a lot of those people died during the famine. A lot of those people didn't die from the famine. A lot of those people died from having their brains beaten in by red guards and by comrades that were allowed to roam the streets and roam the villages, murdering, raping, looting, rioting, and doing whatever they want with absolutely no punishment. Sound familiar? You better wake up fast. You better realize fast. You better take action fast. 
What's happening in the world, not just the United States, is a global communist-esque revolution. And that revolution is being run, not necessarily by Jacobins, but by those who share, uh, share in those theories, by those that share in those ideologies, by those that share in the ideologies of Adam Weishaupt, infiltrate and undermine institutions so that people will demand they be overthrown. And then once they are riled up and inflamed, then you, well... As one of the most famous Jacobins said, you don't actually give the power to the people. The people can't be trusted with the power. You take the power. You can't give the power to the people. People can't be trusted with the power. So in other words, maybe capitalism, is, as, as we're told, maybe capitalism is a thing where, you know, there's exploitation of the workers and all that. I don't believe that. I think real capitalism doesn't do that. I mean, I'm a capitalist. I don't do that. However, as you know, there's predatory capitalism, of course, but the issue here is, is not that. The issue here is communism exploits everybody equally, and then the final solution to the communist issue is perpetual revolution and class warfare, including warfare based on race and genetics based on past history, your parents' involvement in politics, or perhaps the skin color of your relatives. And that process, whether you call it Jacobin, whether you call it the Confederacy, whether you call it uh, communism, whatever you want to call it, I don't care what you call it, is aimed, like Marabou said, to leave the people in anarchy. They have hanged a cosmic sword of Democles over planet Earth. And on a planet in which we should be sharing in the riches, the wonderful things that the world provides us, or for some of you that nature provides us, or for some of you that God provides us, We should be sharing in those riches. We should be sharing in the abundance of food and the abundance of laughter and the abundance of knowledge and the abundance of technology and the abundance of all the things that allow us to adapt and to grow and to change and to make the world a better place. So that we don't use whale oil anymore for our lamps. We use electricity. And within 100 years, we'll probably be off electricity generation as we have it today with or without strict climate regulations because humans adapt and grow and those that wish to leave the people in anarchy to strip the power from people by telling them you have the power rebel against this system this system is collapsing when in fact it's actually been sabotaged rebel against this system it's collapsing and then when you do it everybody stands around like the movie bananas with woody allen what do we do next and then one of the revolutionaries takes control and becomes a dictator. This is mob rule. This is mob violence. This is the Jacobin model. This is the Weishaupt model. This is the illuminated Freemason model. Not the actual Freemasons like George Washington, who, as I read, wrote about the distinction between the two. This is about illuminized Freemasonry 
Jacobins or Jacobites. And what's happening today with the hanging of an enormous sword of Democles over planet Earth. For those of you who don't know the story, it goes back to the Roman philosopher Cicero in 45 BC. He said in this story, there's a king named Dionysus, Dionysus II. He's a tyrant king. But he's, you know, he's rich and powerful. He has all this wealth, but he's, he's really unhappy. And so maybe that is part of the reason that he rules with an iron fist, because he fears that since he's unhappy and since he does things that makes his people unhappy, someone will assassinate him. The story goes that one day Democles appears and showers him with compliments and says, your life must be wonderful. I admire it. I, I'm jealous of it. So the king says, how about you live like me for a little bit? And he places him on a throne and he has him hand and foot weighted on perfumes and ointments and oils and food and the finest foods that you can find. And Democles is, is happy and, he, and he's, why would you not like this? Why would you be unhappy about this? So the king hangs a razor-sharp sword from the ceiling. And it's suspended by a very, 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 very tiny thread. Very tiny thread. And Democles looks at it and starts to get nervous. And he's worried the sword, obviously, is probably going to fall on him and kill him. And he decides, I don't want to be in, 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 in this position. I mean, it's nice, but... I could die at any moment. This is not something that I want. So he gets up and the lesson, of course, is people in power, and especially people in power who do bad things, always fear assassination. They always fear losing that power. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So they have to find ways to avoid the sword. One of the ways that people today have found to avoid the sword, going back to the illuminated Freemasons, going back to the Jacobins, is to simply suspend the sword over the people. So the people are afraid of what government does. So the people are afraid. The people are terrorized. And that's just like when the government tries to censor. Where a censor used to be somebody in Rome and even in the, uh, the 1700s in Pennsylvania and other states used to be somebody who would go in and, and audit the government and government officials. Now a censor is what the government does to the people. Because like Marabu said, uh, or if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Mirabu, Mirabu, his first name, Honore Gabriel Riquete. Freemason who was illuminated. Um, I'm not sure if he was an actual Freemason, but he was an illuminated Freemason by, by name, by title, and a believer in Weishaupt's uh, agenda. He wanted to leave people in anarchy and believed that the people should be promised the power, but only so they can give up their rights and the government, or in our case today, the party, can take control of the people because the people don't actually have the ability to rule themselves. They need someone like Weishaupt to do it for them. And so the people don't rebel against the new system once they realize what it is. You delete that history so they don't ever learn about it. You promise them all these wonderful things. You'll have power. You'll have all these great, uh, unbelievable 
uh, 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 things, uh, wealth, and you'll have whatever you want. It's a utopia. When in actuality, it's the Holodomor. It's Stalin killing millions of people through famine. It's a single death as a tragedy and a million deaths as a, as a statistic. It's Mao killing 45 million people. But once you add on the murders on top of that, you're looking at close to 62 to 80 million. Some historians will put the number closer to 100 million people through Mao's reign of terror. I don't care what you think of Adolf Hitler or Nazism. I don't care what you think about the Holocaust. You need to know about the Holodomor. And you need to know about how many people Mao killed. And you need to know about the ideologies and the group hive mind collective politic behind Mao and behind Stalin. You need to understand what drove Lenin. You need to understand what drove the Soviet Union, what drives communism in any way, shape, or form that it manifests today. You need to understand what Jacobinism is. Hell, George Washington wrote about it. There's a difference between Jacobins, Illuminated Freemasons, Illuminated Freemasons, and actual Freemasons. That their goal is to leave the people in anarchy, promise people power, but then strip that power away once the mob has been used to obtain what you want. Talk about gaslighting. To hang a sword of Democles, not over the ruler, but over the people, so the people are terrified of what the ruler might do. And if people are terrified of what the government might do, of what the ruler might do, then there is there's tyranny. When government or when the leader is afraid, then there is liberty. Thomas Jefferson, when governments fear the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there's tyranny. And that's where we are today. Once you climb this Jacobin ladder throughout history and you figure out what's happening, you realize all makes a lot more sense. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for joining us on this broadcast. Monday, July 11th, 2022. TheSecretTeachings.info is our website. Please subscribe to our archive with all of our montages, my digital books, and more. Please grab a copy of one of my books as well on the website. I have a new book coming out very soon. If anybody would like to work on the cover art, please email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also use that email to contact us for any other reason. Facebook.com forward slash TheSecretTeachings, TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter. Our affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, the Tuttle Twins, and Transistor FM on the website. Go check those affiliates out. You can also check us out on Patreon. Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. The music tonight is from White Bat Audio. You can check them out on YouTube. Stay safe. Stay informed. Stay healthy. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast.